This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, if you can turn to Mark chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it on the, on the big, huge iPad behind me. But uh, Mark chapter 2, I want to encourage you this morning for a few minutes uh, before we have some more coffee and collect our kids. And you have to pick up your kids. I know some of you are like, no, they're yours now. Take them back, please. And uh, we love them, but just not that much. And uh, um, before we go on and enjoy the rest of our Sunday fun day, I want to encourage you from God's Word. We believe God's Word is the most powerful. It's not just a storybook, though it has stories. It's not just a poetry book, though it has poetry. It's not just a, a, a love note from God, though it is. It is. We believe it's living. It can transform your life. We believe this book, you don't read it. It reads you. When I read this book, if I, re- if I go to culture to t- see how I'm doing, uh, I'll think I'm doing better than I am. If I, if I go to the critics of my life, I'll be doing worse than I am. But when I come to God's word, it always shows me truthfully who I am and always brings me higher. And even when I'm not where I need to be, it never pushes me down. It always brings me up going, you can do it. I have a plan, a good plan, a good will, and I have help for you. And we believe in God's word. Mark chapter 2 today, if you're there, say, hey. Mark chapter 2, we're going to read 12 verses. I'm going to unpack it this morning, and again, we're so glad you're in church. Anybody like my t-shirt today? Apartment 3 coffee, apartment 3, best, second best coffee in, in Halifax. The first would be Nova Cafe because it's free, but uh, I've been known to go to apartment 3 a lot. And it's not good for my waistline or my budget, but it's good for my soul, and uh, we just love them. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when Jesus t- returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. I want to let you know, the reason why we have a crowd today, the reason why churches in our city have a crowd today, is when we preach Jesus, you have no problem getting people to come to where Jesus is preached. The Bible says you lift up Jesus Christ, he'll draw people. And it's not our coffee or our bouncy castles or our skinny jeans or our lighting. We believe that when we lift up Jesus, people want to hear the good news of hope. It says, uh, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men, look at your neighbor and say four. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him into Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man down on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. I like that. You can see faith. If you have faith, you can see faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. But I want to let you know today, you can see faith. You just don't think it. You just don't have good intentions. Faith is action. Faith you can see. This room is provided. This church is because people have faith and they put it to action. Seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what he was thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Go home. This is the best verse, one of the best verses in all of scripture. Verse 12. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this 
before. I think that's a great verse. When Jesus shows up and people put their faith on display, I believe our community, our cities, our streets, our neighbors will say, what is going on? We've never seen anything like this before. If you're taking notes today, this is the title I want you to write down just for a few minutes as I talk about this topic, meet me in the corner. Look at your neighbor and say, meet me in the corner. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit. Father, I thank you for every person that came today. God, that whether they feel like they're on top of the mountain or they feel like the mountain's on top of them, I'm thankful, God, that they are here and you are faithful. I pray these next few minutes, Father, would more be just information or, Father, even entertainment. Father, I pray it would be divine change as we read your word. Father, and we lift up your goodness and your plan. Father, I pray miracles would happen today. I pray those that are down would walk out feeling joy. Those that feel like they are bound up with lust or anger would walk out free today. Father, those that walked in lonely would walk out with community and knowing your goodness. God, we thank you for your plan. Father, help me preach your word. Father, help us leave here more in love with you and more like you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Remember your childhood? Some of you are like, yeah, yesterday, you know. Uh, I'll be 43 next week, this week, Sunday. When do week start, Sundays? Friday, I'm going to be 43 on Friday. I know what you're thinking. I know, I look good, right? Uh, I'm in denial. And the older I get, the tighter the shirts get, come on. And uh, the more hair product I use, because I'm thankful I have hair at this point. You don't own your hair. Men, you rent it. And I'm just thankful I still have it. And, uh, but I remember my childhood... And I remember I was fascinated. I had read a book about pirates, and I read this book um, uh, in school. And I was fascinated with buried treasure. And when we were younger, we used to play outside, Nova Youth. And uh, when we were outside playing, we used to play things like floor hockey and street hockey. And a stick was a sword and a gun. Come on. And we, Fortnite is when we built a fort in the woods at night. That's what Fortnite was. And, and we were just, we, were, we played outside. And, and I remember being fascinated with this thought that maybe there was treasure in my backyard. I had heard about Oak Island Inn and treasure, and I heard about them settling Sackville, and there's Fort Sackville. I thought, it's possible that maybe someone buried some treasure. I was just obsessed with this thought. I would kind of dig around my yard and my neighbor's yard. They thought they had gophers, and it was me looking. But I remember I wanted everybody else to believe the same as me. So I started telling my friends, I think there's buried treasure in my backyard. And all the kids would come to my yard, and we would go around looking for treasure. And one day, I got so fed up and so frustrated, I finally said, I need to prove to them and make sure that, because they were like, I don't believe it. Come on, let's go back to playing hockey. I'm like, no, there's treasure. I know there is. Now, I had an imagination and, and pirates, and there was bad guys. And come on, you remember your childhood. I got so desperate one day, my, 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 my mom's sister, my, my aunt was visiting and uh, Aunt Angela, and she was from Newfoundland, and she had done the dishes and left her diamond ring on the sink. Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. This is a judge-free area right now. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. And uh, <clears throat> I'll never forget, I reached in, and I stole that di- I borrowed that diamond ring. True story. True story. And uh, in Sackville on K Street. And I went to the backyard out by the shed, and uh, I dug up a hole and put that ring in the hole, buried it over, and then called all my friends over. I'm like, hey, let's go look for treasure today. And I'm like, you look over there. You look in the gravel. And I went over by the shed and started digging. And up came this dirty diamond ring. I'm telling you, every kid ran for home to dig up their yard. I, I swear, they brought terminators and exterminators into Sackville, thinking there was hedgehogs and gophers in Sackville that week. And I was like, yes, we found treasure. And to this day, they probably still believe, I found a diamond ring in my backyard. I put it back dirty on the sink, and I never told anyone. And my mother's like, what's going on? You know, it's interesting is sometimes things aren't always as they appear. Have you realized that yet in life? 
you know, I want to let you know the reason why we've built this church, and whether it be this location or next week at Halifax West, the reason why church has always existed it has to be the same. It's always been to bring people to Jesus. It must always be to bring people to Jesus. But sometimes we call churches and we get together, but really it's a popularity club trying to elevate a preacher or a speaker, or it's a chance to get together and be a community club where we don't want visitors and we just kind of have a holy huddle and get along and do our own thing. And sometimes it's greed, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a bunch of people just wanting to shut out the world and hide from the world and hide from the problems and hide from all the mess going on. But the church has always been about bringing people to Jesus. And my friend, the church must always be about bringing people to Jesus. This story is a story that I think uh, 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 really uh, uh, captures the heart for the church. I know it's the heart of many churches in the city. And it's our desire as Nova to let you know the goal is always to bring people to Jesus. And my friend, the goal must always be to bring people to Jesus. We believe when you meet Jesus Christ, not a preacher, not a coffee machine, not a bouncy castle, when you meet Jesus, your life is changed. My friends, you gotta know, this is more than just a religious duty. We check the box and go, hey, it's, we just go to church. We believe God is real. We believe God has a plan. And we believe he is active in our journey and we can know God. And when you know God, it changes your life. My friend, it's always about bringing people to Jesus. Verse three in this story is the key verse for me. There's a lot of verses in here that I think are important, like when Jesus was in the house, they had no problem getting a crowd. There's a lot of verses in the story how the man walked out healed. But for me, the key verse, the, the tension, the, 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 the battle in this whole story is found in verse 3. It says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. This verse is the game changer for me. See, in this story, there are two constants. You know what constants are, things that never change. The tide, you can't change the tide. Doesn't matter what you believe or what you do, the tide will come in and go. You can't change time, and you can't change taxes. Come on, somebody. There are, always, there are some things that you know as long as you live in Nova Scotia, there will be tide and there will be taxes. They're constants. It doesn't matter who's in government. It doesn't matter who the top radio song on the radio is. It doesn't matter. These are constants. They never change. In this story, there are two constants that will never change. In this story... And even today in our lives, number one is this. There's always someone in need. You need to know that today. In this story, there was a young man in need of healing. I've realized that there always has been and always will be a constant that people are hurting. Some people, you can see it. I was in Newfoundland yesterday, and there was a young man talking to me. And you can see the pain of life all over him and the mess of his life and the choices he's made and the tough things he's gone through. He started talking to me, and it was evident he was in need. Some of us hide it better than others. Some of us hide it behind a nice car, a nice house, a nice suit, but we're still in need. And one thing I've learned is that you will always find people in need. Have you realized that yet? doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in. doesn't matter what color your skin is or what country you came from. There is always someone in need. It's a constant in this story and in life. The other constant is this. God is always able. In this story, there were two constants. The man was paralyzed, and Jesus was able to heal. And I've learned in my life there are still people in this city in need. There always will be. And Jesus is still able to take broken lives, put them back together, and heal people. God is able. The only thing that's a variable, the only thing that can change in this story is if someone will do something about it. 
See, in this story, there was, there was a man that was in need, and that wasn't going to change. And Jesus was able, and that's never going to change. You didn't make him God, and you can't dethrone him. That'll never change. The only thing that was yet to be decided would someone step in, step up, and dare God to show off. This verse is the game changer for me. Four men carried a paralyzed man to them. My friends, I want to let you know today, we believe that your works don't get you to heaven. If you're new to this faith, you think if I give enough or if I sing enough, I read my Bible enough, if I come enough, I'll get enough gold stars, enough good points to get to heaven. We don't believe that. We believe God loves you. He can't love you any more than he loves you right now. Your works, you can't give enough, you can't be good enough, you can't watch your language enough, come on, you can't preach enough, you can't be good enough, your works will not get you to heaven. But this is where most of us miss it. We do believe your works can get somebody else to Jesus. My friends, I want to let you know the reason why this story is so important to me is that they weren't, listen, your works will get you to heaven, but your works, your sweat, your effort, your heart can get somebody into God's presence and see a miracle happen in their life. My friend, in the next few minutes, I just want to unpack this story a little bit before we go home today and encourage you. Because God has a plan for your life, and he's looking for partners today in the miracle. Because the constants are real, our city is in need, and God is able, and someone can meet me in the corner. First point I want to bring up today, if you're going to make a difference, if you're going to meet God in the corner, number one, you got to pick up. That word pick up literally means carried. It means to lift up. It means to feel the weight of. Someone needs to feel the weight of the lives in our city, in our neighborhoods. Someone needs to feel the weight of our youth. Someone needs to feel the weight. People, I heard one guy tell me once, Christianity is a no-sweat situation. That is a stupid saying. They said, no, no, if you're serving God, it's no sweat. That's not the Bible I read. My Jesus sweat drops of blood because of the war and the anxiety dealing with, do I go to the cross? When I read my Bible, if you're looking for an easy faith, Christianity is a different one. Choose another one. Because Christianity is worth it. Oh, it's rewarding, but it's not easy. If your Christianity and your faith is easy, you're doing it wrong. That's not a popular word, but it's the truth today. This is not for, for people that want it easy. This isn't for wimps. I believe it's a men's man. I think it's some, some valiant women. I, th I see these single parents coming in here. I see heroes in this place going, I'm going to take my kids to church. I'm going to serve God. Listen, it's not easy. But someone needs to feel the weight of our city. The, I don't know the story doesn't say how these men knew this young man. It doesn't say their age. But I like to read between the line and know there must be a relationship in this story for them to change their schedule, to change their values, to change their time, and go pick up this man. There had to be a relationship there. I got a feeling they were going through life, and I don't know if this young man became paralyzed at birth or if he had an accident in his early teens. But I like to picture that these four men were on having memories and doing life, and at one point, maybe they're at a concert, or maybe they're at a, a sunset, or maybe they're just having a moment playing hockey or football or doing something. All of a sudden, they're, remember, remember, when, remember our first concert? Remember our first road trip? Oh, man, that was so funny. Remember when that happened, the car broke down, and we had to hitch a ride, and that crazy old dude, and remember all that? And they start telling these stories, and then one of them looks off into the sunset and goes, man, I sure miss our friend. Remember he used to come with us? He was with us on that trip. And remember that time that happened? And oh, we laughed for days. And man, ever since the accident, we don't see him no more. I sure wish he was here. Somewhere there was a moment where they reflected and thought, we miss our friend. I want to let you know today, some of you in the sound of my voice, you're having some moments right now in your life. We're in a moment right now in Nova Church. It's been breathtaking what's happened in the last seven months. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And fun is not the opposite of holiness. 
I believe God is good. I believe his will is good. And if God's will wasn't good, that makes him cruel. And God's a lot of things, but he's not cruel. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. We're having fun, and some of you are having moments where God's setting you free, and you've started your relationship with Christ, and you're making new friends and new commitments. But at some point, we got to remember the people that should be sitting next to us, that maybe used to go to church. Maybe they used to be in these moments, or maybe they never have. You're sitting there going, man, it's good that I'm here. Man, this is an awesome moment that I'm a part of this church or the church you go to. Maybe it's amazing that God's doing stuff in your marriage, in your finances, in, in your influence, in your body. But someone's got to realize there's more people that are in need that need to meet the Jesus that is willing. It says these four men, it says they went over and they picked up their friend. They felt the weight of, listen, it's not easy to carry stuff, to pick it up. Someone needs to feel the weight. Listen, someone needs to go to bed at night thinking about your spouse or your kids or your neighbor that is far from God, that has issues. Someone needs to go to bed feeling the weight of people. My friend, we need to feel the weight of our streets. We say things in church like, Go reach your city. And I think that gives us a pass. Put a face on your city. Put a face on your fight. My friend, I got some faces in my mind of people I need to lift up that are far from God that need a miracle in their life. Put a face and feel the weight of what God wants to do in our city. Do you know somebody at your coffee shop? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your teenager. Maybe it's your parents or your neighbor that you know they're amazing people and you love them, but they're far from God and they are in need, but you know that God is able. Someone needs to feel the weight you got to pick up. Look at your neighbor and say, pick up today. You've heard the story. If you come to this church, you know the story of Carl Stevens. Carl Stevens was a painter in our city. He painted houses and industry buildings. and He had a station wagon and a couple of kids, and he worked hard, and he knew my parents next door enough to recognize them. And My parents had a nice home and two kids, me and my sister, who was five, and I was four months of age, but he didn't know. My mother was suicidal. My father was an alcoholic. He didn't know that my mother was in the final stages of actually attempting to kill herself at the kitchen table and kill me and my sister. She was going to give me pills at four months of age and my sister pills at five years of age. And then when we passed out, when we were gone, she was going to kill herself because she loved us, but she couldn't dare to think of a life of leaving us behind in government care or my alcoholic father. And one man named Carl, washing his car, doing the laundry, mowing the grass, looked over and felt the weight of someone in his neighborhood. I am so thankful for a man that just didn't go, I hope they're doing all right. Man, I, I, they got a nice grass. I like that car. They seem like a nice family. He went to bed at some point feeling the weight of our life enough to walk over and say, hey, do you want to come to church? Someone felt the weight for my family, and I, I don't mean to be emotional, but I, sometimes I play the story of what would have happened if a man in his late 50s didn't feel the weight for a couple in their 30s and didn't feel the weight for these two children who looked like they had it all together. It, because he felt the weight, I'm here today. I have a beautiful marriage and two beautiful kids, and I play the story. What would have happened if he refused to pick up and feel the weight of my life? And my family, oh, my friends, I want to let you know today, we feel the weight. We are having a great time, and we have full of joy, but we feel the weight that there are people in need, and there's a God that is able, and we can step in and pick up. Second point today, number two, is push past. Pick up and push past. In verse two, it says this. It says, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. You know, it's amazing they paint this picture that Jesus was in the house. People were listening to him preach, and they packed in so much so that they had to stand outside the door looking through the windows. Hide your wife, hide your kids. They were looking through the window, looking through the doors. They were just trying to get enough that they could see what was happening. 
I've learned this in my life, that sometimes if you're going to get people that are hurting to Jesus, you've got to push past some things. Come on, you need to help me today. You need to push past some things. Push past some negativity. Push past some opinions. I've learned this. If you've got four people, you'll have six opinions. Have you learned that yet? You've got to push past some normalcy. Well, we don't do it that way. That's that you're thinking too big, that you're thinking too aggressive. We gotta push past some doubters and some haters drinking haterade. We gotta push past some things. Some people have settled for watching. We have a watching, criticizing culture, don't we? I was talking to a business owner in our city this week, went out for lunch, and a friend of mine, the business has been a huge success and broken all expectations. I'm like, man, Got any haters? He goes, oh, we got some haters. We got some trolls, he said, online. And we got some people that were emailing us going, hey, we know this type of business. We know this industry. Who do you guys think? You're not going to be able to do it. It's too tough. You're never going to do it. I've realized if you're going to do anything for Jesus, you're going to be willing to push past some opinions. I was at a Maple Leafs game a few years ago. I shouldn't have brought that up. I know that's a sore spot for many. And I remember sitting up in the nosebleed section, me and some friends, and there's people were in front of us, and they were criticizing the men on the ice. Here are men, 19, 20, 23 years of age, in amazing physical shape, and they were hustling and shooting and passing. And these two people, obviously out of shape, obviously not trained athletes, were criticizing. You call that a shot, you're a bomb. Come on, you need to be traded. And I'll never forget, they went to go get a beer, and they had to stop because they were out of breath. If that's not a picture of my life sometimes, isn't it easier to criticize on a Facebook page or a Twitter account or an Instagram or in a coffee shop and make your opinions? I've realized if you're going to do anything with your life, you've got to push past some opinions. My friends, never take constructive criticism from a critic who's never constructed anything. Some people got an opinion on how to run your business, run your family, run your church. People have an opinion and they're sitting back on their couch of criticizing. Listen, I've realized we respect the people and opinions and we can learn and we need advice and mentoring. But at some point, you've got to push past some opinions if you're going to bring someone to Jesus Christ. What do you, what, 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 you guys just think too much of yourself. What do you think you can launch a big church? What do you think you can bring someone? You think you, what, you got your, your life's all figured out? Your marriage is good? You're feeling good? You're, you're good with God? You've got to push past some opinions. You know, what's interesting is people want to be close enough to Jesus to see him, but not close enough to encounter him. It's one thing to watch. It's another thing to experience. The Bible doesn't say stand and watch Jesus. It says taste and see that he is good. And we, so many people want to get close enough to have an opinion, but far enough away not to experience the power of God. My friends, your neighbors are watching you. They're watching your Facebook. They're watching you leave the driveway. They're driving by seeing your car in this parking lot. They're watching you. Other churches are watching you. People are watching you. But so many people want to get close enough to have an opinion, but far enough away they don't have to actually invest or experience. Can I encourage you? Push past some opinions in your business. If you've got a dream for your business to help the economics of our city, push past some opinions. Some of you, it's your families, and people say, you have a messed up family. You've got a messed up life. You could never be that kind of parent or that kind of husband. Push past some opinions going, I may have been messed up. I may have come from a wrong place. I may have never had a good example, but I know I can be a godly father, a godly husband, a godly mother. I know I can live pure. 25 years of age, you're single. People say, no, 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 go do it your own way. No, no, no. I'm going to push past opinions. I'm going to wait for what God has for my life. I can live right. I can live pure. I want to encourage you, somebody. You've got to push past some things. It says these men push past, push past. It's one thing to watch. It's another thing to experience. My friend, we want you to experience God today, not just see him. We want you to experience community, not just watch it. You got to pick up and feel the weight, but you got to push past. Push past the spectators to encounter Jesus. Number three, I'm almost done. 
break through. Someone needs to pick up and feel the weight. Someone needs to push past some opinions. But you got to break through today. Verse 4 says it this way. It says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. My friends, if you're going to do something and make a difference, and I believe in the heart of every man and woman here, every youth, there's a desire to matter. We don't long for position, we long for purpose. I've never seen more people leaving positions for purpose. I want to matter. Millennials, people don't understand millennials. They don't understand those the young adults. Oh, I'll let you know. Here's what you need to know about young adults. They want to matter. And they've seen parents and grandparents chase money and chase fame and chase position and chase the corner office, yet to walk around their marriage, walk around their commitments, and they say, no, I want to matter. I believe in every heart in this room, you want to matter in your community, matter in your life. On your deathbed, many years from now, you want to say, I made a difference with my life. If you're going to do that, you've got to break through some things. Break through. Opposition isn't a sign to stop. It's an enemy to defeat. Sometimes we hit a no and we just stop and go, wasn't meant to be. I felt the weight. I pushed past some opinions, but this is too hard, and we stop. I want to let you know today, sometimes you got to break through some barriers. you got to break through some obstacles. The miracle is in the mundane. Sometimes breaking through is boring. There's no applause. There's no crowd. There's, 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 there's no one seeing it. But you got to break. There's no audience watching you. It's dirty, boring work. Breaking through a roof. I did demolition for a year. We had to tear things down. Listen, there's, there's, not, there's nothing glamorous about breaking through a roof. No one watching. No one caring. Your friend's sitting there and they start breaking through on their hands and knees and pulling up tiles and pulling up pieces of wood and breaking through dirt. We're prepared for this. They didn't have the tools. Some of you don't feel prepared to make a difference. Listen, God doesn't say, listen, I'll prepare you. But somewhere you may have the tools, but you've got the grit going. Listen, there's someone in need and there's a God that's able. And whatever I have to do, I'm going to break through these obstacles. The miracle's in the mundane. I've realized this. The miracle rarely happens on a stage. It usually happens in the mundane when no one sees it, the faithful places, no one knows. That's where the miracle is. You've got to break through some things. One of the privileges I had the last two years in traveling for two, full -time, two years full-time is meeting some amazing stories. I met this one brother named Nolan. You'll see a picture behind me of this man, this young man, this teenager. He's in a wheelchair right here. Nolan has a brother named Blake. You see him in the blue shirt. They're from Illinois, and Nolan was born a healthy baby, and everything was normal, but at about a month, a month and a half in, they noticed something was wrong with Nolan. His parents noticed his motor skills weren't there, and they got him tested, and all of a sudden they were given the diagnosis, he has a disease, he'll never walk, he'll never form words, he'll never be able to look after himself, and his body started to degenerate as he grew. He spent his whole life in a wheelchair, he can move his finger a little bit and he can, he can make sounds that his family now know are words and they can understand him. But to me, talking to Nolan, introduced to Nolan, it sounds like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. And they're saying, they're laughing at his jokes. They're, they're, he's very sarcastic. He's making comments and he's mocking me as a preacher. It's hilarious. And all I hear is noise, but his body is suffering. A few years ago, Nolan was in a service like this and he heard a story about missionaries helping kids in third world countries and their need was great but God is able and they said we believe we can raise some money to help put these kids through school we can dig wells in these countries and we have some need because the need is always there but God is able but we need someone to step in and help and Nolan in his broken body but very alive spirit said I can make a difference I can help you break through 
His brother who's next to him who, who drains his, who does suction so he can breathe and helps him go to the bathroom and, and helps him move around, leans in and Nolan says to him in his mumbled noises, not even words, he says, I want to give $10,000 in the offering. And Blake's like, I don't know who, you, who, you, who, you, who you're going home with. I don't know who your parents are, but our parents don't have that money. We don't have that money. You're 16 and I'm 18. We don't have that money. And Nolan called him, gets down close. He goes, no, I got a plan. We're going to get an ice cream truck. Now, that sounds like God right there. I was like, you know that. Ice cream is always a good idea. Come on, somebody. And, and, and Blake tells the story. He's like, I just thought Nolan lost his mind at this point. He's lost his body. Now his mind's going. I thought, what? He's like, he started crying. Tears coming out of his eyes going. He's telling his brother, I believe we can do this. My friend, I met Nolan. He pulled up in his ice cream truck a year later. I heard this story. We're going to get an ice cream truck. We're believing for an ice cream truck. They want to give all the money to missions to help third world countries, to help kids. They had this vision. I'm like, that's cool. A year later, I'm back to the same camp in Illinois, and they pull up in this truck. Blake has given up dating. His older brother has given up. His, he, he looks after Nolan full time. There was an offering that night, and Nolan had money in a can. All the change from the ice cream truck. And his brother pushed him to the altar. Nolan tried to run kids over because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> he pulls up to the offering and his brother helps him pour out a jar of coins. And that whole place goes silent as you hear chains falling on into this bucket. And then they start throwing wads of cash in. And that night they gave $10,000 to help foreign missionaries from an ice cream truck. I've heard from them since. They went to this huge thing called Fine Arts where there's this huge competition of singing and all this cool stuff. And they put their ice cream truck outside and they sold $12,000 worth of ice cream. They travel. They travel the states pulling up to conferences and concerts and all proceeds go to missions. And together in this truck, my friends, listen, you can make an excuse or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. Pastor Bruce, Pastor Carmen, other leaders in this room, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you're in a room, you're thinking, I don't deserve to be on that stage. This is one of those moments. As this man's pouring out his offering, going, who am I? Who am I to talk right now? His life is speaking louder than any message I'll ever preach. My friend, if you're going to make a difference, you've got to understand, you've got to feel the weight of someone's life today. But you've got to know God is able and they are needy. But the only thing left to be decided is if someone's going to feel the weight of someone's life. Push past some opinions and break through some barriers. The story goes that there was a young man laying on a blanket, on a mat. I need someone to help me. I need one of the Nova youth. Who's going to help me? Help me preach the sermon. Someone who's going to volunteer. Come on up, Ethan. You're amazing. Come on, round of applause for Ethan today. Ethan, lay down on this mat. You're paralyzed. <laughs> move over this way a little bit. Don't move. You're paralyzed. No, seriously. Give me your hand. I'm joking. You're paralyzed. Come on. Get with it now. Ethan, jump up. Well done. Awesome. I'm very thankful they're not on the mat right now. Yes, you are. Thank God for youth. They don't know any better. Okay. I know this young man. Amazing family. Some amazing highlights in the last six months and some trials with health and family. But I know this young man, how old are you, Ethan? You 12? 12? Are you sure 12? Or are you just afraid to say anything at this point? You're 12? 
There's some dreams on his life. It's a call of God in his life to make a difference. I don't know if that's in hockey or business or ministry or in music. But I know this young man has more, more, more future than he has history. He represents our city, our neighbors, our friends, our family, our spouses, our kids. That they're hurting today. They're in a bad place. It says four men showed up feeling the weight of their friend's life. I need some help today. I need someone to help me lift up this young man. I need some help. Somebody. Come on up, Andrew. Someone else can help me today. Come on up, Rob. I need someone else. We need some help. Jump up here today. Someone else. Thanks, Brad. Grab a corner. Just lift this. Hold on. Just grab a side. I need someone else. Come on. He's, someone loves this young man. We need to make sure. Do you have life? Don't answer if you have life insurance. All right. We need some help. Come on up, Donnie. I need some more than that. Come on, I need some more than that. We, we, get, we can't risk this. Thanks, Matt. The Bible says that four men grabbed a man. And here's what I've realized in life. That if we're going to bring anybody to Jesus, you've got to grab your side, and I'll grab my side, and I'll meet you in the corner. I don't know what your side is today. Maybe you're a visitor to this church. Maybe this is your church. But I believe we all have a side we can lift. And together, if you meet me in the corner, we can bring some people that are in need to Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. Carefully lift him up. Don't drop him. Someone loves him very much. All right, bring him this way. Bring him this way. Sometimes there's going to be some barriers in your way. Don't fall, please. This will go extremely bad, but it will be really funny on YouTube. But do not fall. Come down these stairs. His parents right now are praying right now. Sometimes you're going to, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's inconvenient. All of a sudden you thought it was going to be a quick work. I'll just invite somebody. I'll just text somebody. Come this way, guys. All of a sudden it become more of a commitment than you're willing to make. Now it's not convenient anymore. Now there's stuff gets in the way. Now all of a sudden it's, all of a sudden you find yourself in a different place. It took longer than you thought it was going to. Right up here, guys. I don't know what your corner is. I don't know what your side. I can talk about Daryl. Daryl's 59, turned 60 in November. Daryl's on our team. Daryl and his wife Nancy come every single week and they are faithful to lift their side. Daryl, he hammers in the flags you see on the road. He went and said, Pastor Mike, I just, I, just, I, just, I got this tool bag with all these right tools because we didn't have the right tools to do this every Sunday. And out of his own money and his own time, Daryl lifted his side and said, hey, I'll do my part. I'm going to lift my side to help bring someone to Jesus today. I can talk about Jess, who right now is afraid because I'm mentioning her name. She takes our pictures, but I can tell you about the other side of Jess who invites all these young moms and their kids to her house to hang out during the week, away from the stage, away from the camera, away from the... Just, hey, come over to our house. Let's have community together. We moved here from northern Manitoba, and I want some friends. And sometimes to have friends, you got to be friendly. And Daryl grabs his side, and Jess grabs her side. Says, hey, come over to my house. Bring your kids. Let's, let's, let's have coffee. Let's have tea. Let's hang out. And she grabs her side and says, I'll meet you in the corner. I could talk about Pastor Carmen, who who at, a, at Evangel Church said we want to get behind church plants and puts his time and his advice and their money as a district said we believe in Nova and we're going to give some of our best leaders. Two of them led worship today. So we're going to give them our best leaders to make sure this church goes well. He says, I'll grab my side. Daryl, you grab your side. Jess, you grab your side and I'll meet you in the corner and we can bring someone to Jesus. Bring them this way. Watch out for the speaker. This costs a lot of money. And I don't know what it does, but Brad tells me it's expensive. Watch you bring him this way. Now throw him off. No, no, no. Just lay, lay him down. Lay him down. Gently. Well done. Thanks, guys. Thank you. No, you're not healed yet. Thank you. 
it says they each grabbed a side. I want to let you know today, I'm stronger than I look, but I'm not able to take this young man where he needs to go on my own. So many churches want to, want to elevate the preacher. This is only possible because hundreds of people have said, I'll lift my side. Right now, our kids' ministry, they're not babysitting. They are loving your kids and reaching your kids and blessing. They're like, we'll lift our side. If mom and dad can get in here and we're going to bless our kids, we're going to lift our side. The coffee people are like, we're going to make coffee. So people walk in here and they feel like, man, I just, I feel welcome. And man, it's more friendly. It's easier to make friends when you're drinking coffee and you feel like this is a good place. They're like, we'll come early. We'll set it up. We'll make it look awesome. and We'll make great coffee. The sound people are like, hey, we're going to show up early. We're going to lift stuff. Tendonitis bruises, bleeding, that's just me. But then the, we're, the production team, come early, set all this up. Some of you in your homes, having people in your home, inviting people to eat afterwards, going, hey, come, let's go eat. Let's go to Chalet, let's go to Boston Pizza, let's go to Starbucks. Come on, tell me your story. And we are here today because someone lifted their corner, lifted their side and said, listen, Pastor Mike, you get up there and preach. Preach the Bible. Don't preach opinions. Preach the Bible. Tell people about God that is willing to help the needy. And I'll do my part. I'll run the screens. I'll play the drums. Got Phil, who's an engineer. One of the smartest people I know. Comes in and says, what do you need? He unloads in shorts and a t-shirt. He has kilt legs. Goes in the bathroom and changes and says, all right, now I'll play bass. One of the smartest people I know says, what do you need? What do you need? You need a bass player? All right, I'll lift that side. My friend says, they brought him to Jesus. They picked up. They felt the weight. They pushed past opinions. People have opinions on your life. Did you know that yet? People have opinions on this church. But at some point, you got to push past and break through some barriers. Trying to find a venue. Trying to find the right people. Some of you pushing through some of the struggles in your mind and your health and your body. Push right through some things. And it says they got him to Jesus. It says Jesus looked at him and said, be healed. Come on, stand up. You know what's amazing? You read verse 12. It says, the man, grab that. Go back to your seat. He walked in, carried by a mat. He walked out carrying his mat. People come in here carried by their issues. Did you, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's got addictions. That's the girl, man. She's got some issues. I know their reputation. Man, I know who they were with last night and last summer. I, that guy, he's got a criminal past. He's, he's, he's jacked up. And you're known by your issues when you walk in here, but when you encounter Jesus Christ, the issues that carried you in, you carry them out and go, listen, I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my present. I'm defined by my God. Why are we here? To bring people to Jesus. If you lift your side, and you lift your side, and I'll lift my side, and I'll meet you in the corner. Because there's still more stories to be told. And Daryl, you put the flags in. And Otney, you get up and do the offering. And Matt, you play guitar. And some of you have people to your house, and you reach people that will never come to church, but you can go to them. Pastor Carmen, Pastor Bruce, you go to your church and do what you always do, preach Jesus. You grab your side, and I'll grab my side. I'll meet you in the middle. I'll meet you in the corner, and we'll see a generation and a city. Don't need another funeral. We need someone to pick up and feel the weight of our teenagers and our young adults and our marriages and 
push past some opinions and break through some no's and some obstacles when it's not easy because we know the need is real but God is able. If you could bow your head for a moment today. I want to give you an opportunity if you walked in here going, I don't know this Jesus but I sure need a miracle. Maybe you're defined by your issue or your past. Maybe you walked in here fine but you feel like maybe in your emotionally or relationally that you, you're broken on the inside. You, you, you're not in a good place. I want to let you know you're in the right place today. That's why we're here. We've built this waiting for you. That's why we do this. Not to build a church for our name, but to know that God is able. We have a whole bunch of people that love you enough to grab a side and make it easy for you to come and experience God. You say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I don't know God. I don't have a faith. I'm curious and I'm I believe in my heart that there is a God, but I don't know God. I want him to come in and help my life. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, which says, hey, God, I believe. And you believe in your heart, which means I trust God to lead my life. It says you'll be saved. Saved from your past and your, your pain and your shame and your issues. Will life be easy? No. But he's with us. He'll never leave us. And the God that made you is the God that saves you. And the God that saves you is the God that walks with you. That is what faith is. You say, Mike, I want to know this Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. Raise your hand and then put it right back down. That's all we're going to do. And we're going to believe today a miracle is going to happen. With every head bowed, one. Say, Mike, today I want to know this Jesus. Maybe you knew Jesus. You walked away. You haven't served God. You haven't walked with God. and Your life's a mess. You might have the right amount of money and the right spouse and the right house, but inside you know that you're far from God, too. Maybe you've never been to church before, but you know something inside you is calling, you know that there is a God and he's a plan for your life. Jesus Christ wants to meet you right where you are today. All over this place with hands going up. One, two, three. Just slide your hand right up. Put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else. I want to get one more moment if I didn't see your hand. Look at the back. Awesome. Put those hands right back down. Thank you. Put the hand right back down. Can we all stand together? All of us together? Come on, church. All of us stand together. Let's pray today. The four people that I saw that put your hand up, I want to sit in and know we are so glad you were here whether we meet in church or in coffee shops. Today we believe that the need is real, but God is able. Can we all pray together? Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for the four and even possibly the more today that said, hey, I, I want to I wanna trust Jesus with my life. Father, I thank you for their lives. I don't know their name or their past, but I do know this, that God, you are able today. So, Father, right now we say, God, forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for our choices. Forgive us for being far from you, whether we knew it or not. And today we say we trust you with our lives. We say, God, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth we want to live and follow you. It's not about joining a church, but following you. Today, right now, God, we just say forgive us for our sin. We trust you with our lives. Come into my right now and make yourself real. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said.